0: Oh, my. Are y'all glad to be here tonight? Man, I'm so glad to be here tonight. Y'all look like y'all are doing good. Yeah. David's making promises for short sermons and that. Don't know if I'll be able to keep. You. No, I'll we'll be We'll be normal length. Normal length sermon tonight. We're going to be covering, uh, we're going to be in Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through uh, the end of the chapter. So through verse 14. Let us open up in prayer over the scripture. Uh, and then we'll dig in um, and hopefully you'll hopefully you'll be awake tonight so let's let us pray Lord again I thank you uh that that we could stand here uh with the freedoms that we have we are we are such a blessed people uh Lord uh with the blessings that you've poured out on us um lord i I know sometimes we can look out at the world and 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 it can be easy to to say, well, if I just had this or I just had that or if I had a little bit more of this or that, then, then it'd just be easy, it'd be comfortable. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to see that you have, in fact, blessed us. Lord, And I, I pray that we would be a people that would look and see uh, the needs across this world and uh, that we would be uh, drawn by your Holy Spirit to serve and, and wherever we can. Lord, and that you would open our eyes to see just how blessed we are as a people here Uh, in this small community, uh, Lord, that You have in fact blessed us uh, and given us uh, great opportunities, uh, great means uh, to be used if we would just open our eyes, uh, if we would just uh, wake up. Lord, I pray that as we get into Your Word tonight, that Your Holy Spirit would awaken our hearts again uh, to the truth of the Gospel, Uh, That this gospel would awaken within us a passion for the lost, a passion for those who are in need, a passion, Lord, to help those that we can, where we can, in whatever way that we can. Lord, that we would live lives with some urgency. Uh, Lord, that you would show us tonight uh, in the studying of your word by the leading of your Holy Spirit, Uh, how it is that the gospel awakens this urgency within us. Uh, Lord, and I pray that we would live in a state personally in our study of Your Word and in our fellowship with You, that we would not slumber, Lord, that we would not grow weary of serving You, uh, but that we would be encouraged, Lord, knowing... That the day is coming when we will see you face to face. Lord, that that would be real for us. Lord, that, that here and now in this moment, that that moment would become real for us. Lord, that it would be something so etched in our minds, so etched in our hearts, that it would change the way we live individually, that it would change the way we live as, as a community of believers, as you're, Church here in this community, in the state, in the country, in the world, use us, Lord. Use me tonight in whatever way you see fit. It's in Christ's name for his glory. Amen. So tonight we're gonna be in Romans chapter thirteen, looking at verses eleven. Through 14. We're going to finish up chapter 13 tonight. Just to give you a heads up of kind of where we're at in the big picture of this book, we've got 50 sermons behind us. Uh, we have 10 ahead of us. So as far as the completion of this study, uh, we are very close. Uh, though you may flip and you may be like, we've got quite a few. Pages or chapters left to go. Uh, we are drawing to an to an end of this study, um, and I just want to kind of uh, ask y'all to be praying for me as as uh, the Lord leads me, just in how to best uh, how to best uh, conclude this over the over the coming weeks. So, just be in prayer for me about that um, tonight. I want. To start with the simple question: Are you awake? Are you awake, church? Are you? Okay, so so let's let's do a little practice. I I say, are you awake? And you either snore or you're or you're awake, and you say, yeah, we're awake. Are you awake? In what sense or in what way are you awake? Physically awake. <laughs> if you can answer me, then you're probably at least physically awake. Let's hope that you stay physically awake tonight, okay? I, I, I might call you out. This, I'm gonna, let me Look around. If you fall asleep during a sermon where you're being asked, are you awake? Man, you are setting yourself up. <laughs> man, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, so you're at least awake physically. What did I hear you say back there, Dad? Awareness. Awareness. So you're awake in the sense that you know where you're at. So not only are you just physically awake, like your eyes are open, but you're aware of where you're at. You know why you're here? Are you awake to that fact? Spiritually, are you awake? Are you awake tonight Spiritually? What do I mean by awake spiritually? Well, what could I mean by that? In asking you the question, are you awake spiritually? The Holy Spirit? Being hungry for the Word? So I think these two truths would go hand in hand. If the Holy Spirit has awakened you, by what would it have awakened you? The gospel, the word of God awakens the heart of the sleeper. Are you awake tonight? Has the gospel awoken you from a very scary, deathly sleep? Are you awake tonight? Has the gospel awakened you in that sense? And, and you would typically say, you would probably classify that, I'm saved, right? He's awakened me from that slumber. I can now see I've been awakened to that. Here's an interesting thing that we're going to see tonight as we consider this idea of, of, of being awake, being alert, being urgent in the way that we live, is we know what got us there truth you all know that the gospel awakens you right that the gospel breathed into you through the power of the holy spirit and the preaching of his word he moved in a miraculous way you place your faith in him and you live because of this do you continue to live because of this do you continue to rely on this For every breath that you take, does the gospel keep you awake once it awakens you? Yes or no? When the gospel awakens you to life, what keeps you alive? This is, the Gospel woke you up from sleep, and the Gospel will keep you awake. There's a very interesting thing as we look at the Scripture tonight that I want us to consider. If you are asleep, why are you asleep? Right? If you have been awakened by the Holy Spirit, by the Gospel, why then would you sleep? Yes, you yeah, so you must daily be awakened by the gospel or in time you will find yourself slumber, right? This walk that we are in is active. The Holy Spirit works, we walk in the scriptures, because I want us to take note here that we are. Well into this book, he is here clearly speaking to believers. And he says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Who's he speaking to? Who's he speaking to? Clearly, he's speaking to those who believed. So as believers, you've been awakened to life. Are you asleep today? Do you find yourself drifting off into sleep? If you do, understand that the gospel will call you to wake again. It will call you to wake again. Besides this... Know that the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone and the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime and not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I wonder, church, do you live your life with a sense of urgency? As individuals, are you living your life as though you may meet Christ today? Are you? Are you living your life with urgency? Can we be honest? How, how many of us are living our lives today as though it might be our last? Is is that the truth? Is there literally no one in here living like that? I mean, it's okay if you raise your hand to that. I want you to raise your hands to that. Like, like I, I honestly don't know how to respond when I ask that question and I see no hands. Are we not? And I didn't know it was gonna like I thought some hands would come up. And I, I look out and, and, and I, I wonder, are we not living with urgency? Like is this true of us? Like it, are we wasting the day? Are we wasting the time that we've been given? Are we? How far into this book are we? How far? What then? How many of you are trying? As the gospel awakens us, we realise our shortcomings. I can't raise my hand because daily I'm seeing things in light of the gospel that don't say that I'm living in urgency. How 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 many of us are as as Sandra here has said, we see where we fall short. We see where we fail. So that when I ask, are you living your life with urgency? You feel ashamed of how far you need to go so you do not raise your hand. Church, will you hear me? When I tell you that for you to live urgently is not because you fear the day that you see Him. That for you to live urgently, for you to live your life today as though it were your last, is not me telling you, you better because you're going to see Him and you're going to feel guilty standing before Him. That's not at all what the gospel tells us. And when it calls us to be awakened, it's not calling us to be awakened so that we feel guilty. Do you, do you see, church, what we know about the gospel shapes how we live our lives practically? What we fail to know about the Gospel hinders us in our walk. So to know Him more, to know His truth more, awakens our minds so that we can live freely in Him. Unhindered. So that you're not worried about am I living urgently because I fail in sin? Because you know, church, you rest where? Where does your hope lie? What does the gospel tell you? You stand firmly in grace alone by faith alone. In the work of who alone? So do you live urgently? Do you live a life where you're shedding off, where you're putting on Christ because you're afraid or because you feel guilty? Is this what the gospel has brought us to? Then, then why can't we raise our hands? Because I, I want to tell you that if you are waiting to live with some urgency about you for the point that you feel like i got nothing else to be ashamed of, i got nothing else holding me down, so now I can run, then you're going to be waiting your entire lives. That if you are waiting for the point that we as a church have everything perfectly lined up together before we take off together running, then you will be waiting until the doors close on this church. That's not what urgency is about. That's not why Paul here, after pouring the gospel truth out to us, calls us to be awakened, to live this kind of life. It's not for guilt. It's not for fear. Because we rest in who? The truth of the gospel tells us we rest in Christ. So when I face God, I stand with who? So, so why then are we waiting on some thing that we do before we live like that? Like Why then am I waiting till I get this particular sin out of the way, or that particular sin out of the way, before now I live, like today might be my last. Awake, O oh sleeper, please awake from this slumber. Besides this, you know the time. That the hour has come for you to awake from sleep. How do you know the time has come? How did he know? How could he say the time has come? Why could he say that? Why could he know that to be true? He's not waiting for a prophecy to be fulfilled. So that he could say that. God himself in the flesh has broken through. Into our reality. And the time is now. Is what he's saying. We're not waiting to hear again from God. The time is now. We're not waiting for new revelation from God. He has come in the flesh. That is what the gospel tells us. The gospel tells us that the time is now. He has done the work. And you're not going to tell them about how good He's made you. That's not what you're going to tell them. How good He's made you. You're going to tell them about who He is and what He has done on the cross. And that you stand broken, sinful, forgiven. By faith. Alone. And it is important. That they hear this truth. It is urgent. That they hear this truth. The time. Is not to come. The time is now. We live. Urgently. Today. Because he. Has come. To us. We're not waiting on that. He's come. To to us, we know this truth because He has told it to us Himself. So we go. Because the time is now. Awake. It is not as though God has gone to sleep. The time is now. It is urgent that you understand this truth. That you rest in Christ. Rest in the truth of the Gospel. Because when you preach that Gospel to them, what are they going to see you living in? Your hope that you become a better person? Are are, are we going to preach to them the version of us that will be two years from now? Do I, when I preach to you, preach to you hoping that you hear the preacher that I'll be 10, 15, 20 years from now? Or do I rest in Christ alone and the work that He has done and continues to do? Do we live urgently like this might be my last sermon that I speak to you? Do I preach like that to you preachers? Do you preach like that? Do we speak to our family? Do we speak to the lost? Do we live our lives in the world in such a way that they see the urgency of the situation? Or do we spend our lives wasting away on the same things they waste their lives away on? Do we live with urgency? Wake up! Wake up! The time is here. The time is now. Wake up. May God awaken us. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Are you saved? Are you saved? Then is He speaking to saved people, telling them about getting saved? What does he mean? Salvation is near to us now. That day that you hope for, and this is this is why a lot of times we break this this word up into different ways to understand this: justification, sanctific, sanctification, glorification. The the sense in which he is speaking of salvation here is the sense that there is coming a day that we will be what we hope. To be. That time is drawing near for us. There will be a day. Where I have not to worry about the sins. That I have to worry about today. So I need to wake up now. You need to wake up now. The time is drawing near And it is closer now than it has ever been before. If Christ comes back today, or if He waits a thousand years, does that affect the urgency of the message that we preach? Why not? If I've got a thousand years, why not? If they've got a thousand years, why not? You don't know that you have the end of the day, friend. You do not know that your family, friends, or co-workers have to the end of the day. Your urgency is not because you have to fear standing before God. Your urgency is not because you are running out of time. Your urgency is because you've been called to to something and they are running out of time every day every moment that we waste every moment every minute of our time that we throw away every second of our lives that we spend wasting on things that are vanity of vanities They do not have that kind of time, friends. There are people in the world today who do not have access to the gospel. Does that matter to us? It should burden us. It should cause us to ask questions like, what can I do? Right? Right? And then some of you will say, well, I've got a neighbor that needs Jesus. And I'm going to say to you, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Do we we have to argue about whether or not you go to the nations or go to your neighbor? You don't have time. You go. We don't argue about it. We go. Your neighbor needs you. And your neighbor is not just the guy next door. Everyone on the planet, guarantee you, everyone that you know, everyone that you do not know, give it 150 years, do you know where they are? They are standing in eternity. We do not have time to waste. We must live with urgency. Their lives depend on it. This is what Paul is telling to us. Wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. How many of you are waiting for the daybreak when you look and you see Christ as He returns? How many of us look for that? How many of us? Some of us are closer than we ever imagined. Some of us may step into that truth tonight. Some of us may step into it in 2016. Some of you may live another 50, 60 years, or he may come back next week. Are you living with that in your mind at all? Do you consider that at all? Do you hope in that? You should hope in that. What a great hope that we have that the day is coming. When all the cares, all the struggles will be laid down. What a Blessed day that will be. It's closer than we could ever know. Man, and there's so many people that need to know. So many people who have not heard. Do you live with urgency? For their sakes, do you live with urgency? Because it's not for fear of you standing before your Creator that I'm calling you to be urgent in the way that you live, the way that you spend your time, the way that you spend your money, the way that you live with your family or in your workplaces. Because if you've placed your faith in Christ, you stand firmly in His grace. And He's calling you to awaken because the day is coming when He returns. And we should, for their sakes, be living as though it's now. With everything that we are, with everything that we do, it should never leave our minds. And when it does, we should be called by the gospel to awaken to this truth again and again. And if you grow weary of it, if I grow weary of it, I pray that God would send a preacher that would preach this truth, that our hearts and our minds would be awakened to it yet again. Because we must live with urgency for the lost and dying sake. How does this play out then in our lives? How does this play out? How does the gospel play? Work this out. So then let us cast off the works of darkness. What does the gospel tell us about our state before Christ? That we are enslaved to sin. That we are enemies of God. And what has Christ done? He stepped down into darkness. To bring his light. The world. What are we to do now that we've placed our faith in him? Continue in darkness. Continue. Continue living. Our lives in darkness. What does the gospel tell us about sin and the way that we relate to sin now? What does it tell us? You are not shackled to your sin. You are not. Though there may be moments and times that you feel that you are, you are not. Though that you will likely find that in this life you are constantly bombarded as your eyes are awakened again and again to your state and how much you need to grow, you'll face this battle where you're like, I've got so much that I need to do, so much work that needs to be done. And the gospel will say, look forward, look forward. Right, Cast off, look forward. Cast off, put on. Live with urgency. Walking in the grace that God has given for the day. Cast off. Because you are not bound to your sin any longer. Sin has lost its power over you in the cross. This is the truth that the gospel is. Gives to us. Is that though there may be moments. That you feel enslaved. Wake up. Christ has set you free. Move forward. Cast off. Live as children of light. Because you are. And put on the armor of light. Cast off what? What are we casting off? Deeds of darkness, works of darkness. What are you casting off? You're casting off works. You're casting off patterns and practices of life that you lived when you were lost in darkness. He's wake. He's awakened you to new life. Called you to cast off works and called you to put on what? Works. Has he called you? What has he called you to put on? Armor. Cast off works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Why would he use this kind of language? Cast off works of darkness, put on the armor of light. For whose sake? For whose sake? Who are we battling? What are we battling? Who are we battling for? Are we battling? So we've been awakened into war? You've been called to life and made what? Soldiers? Warriors? Now how many of you? How many of you think that you could be a slumbering soldier and be victorious in your efforts? Wake up. Wake up. You are in a war. Friend, you are in a war, but you are not in a war for your salvation. If you have been awakened to life through the Holy Spirit... You were warring and waging war not for your salvation. Not for your salvation. Someone warring won you. Someone warring won you. Someone fighting won you to Christ. Someone battling. Someone taking up arms. Someone who before you was awakened. Someone who before you put on armor of light and went to war. If you are alive in Christ today, it is because Christ has sent out warriors before us. Do you hear me? That you are not waging a war for your salvation? The gospel, That's a, some false gospel if you believe you're waging a war for your own. As though Christ is not... Won you. He has won you. Your faith is in him. You wage wars as soldiers for him. Waging war against the enemy in the craziest of ways. You wage war for souls of men. And you don't win by slaying them and taking their lives. We win because we present life to them. This is the gospel. Cast off the works of darkness because they are going to make you ineffective in your battling day to day. Not for your salvation, but for theirs. For theirs. For if your faith is in Christ, you are saved. Called to wage war for the souls of the lost. Do you see this? Do you think that commanders of armies do so lazily? Become victorious. Do you think that they're nonchalant in their efforts or in their strategies for war? Or do you think that they're urgent? I think they're urgent. What should we be? In the way that we live our lives. In the way that we spend our time. In the way that we spend our money. Are we living urgent? Are we casting off darkness? Are we putting on the armor of light? Do you even realize that you are at war? If you are a follower of Christ, you were drafted in by faith. It is not for you an option as to whether or not you will wage war. You will wage war. He has called you to this. This is not for the lighthearted. Like this is... Is war. Believers, we must live our lives as though we are at war. If we were at war as the United States and we wanted to be victorious over our enemies, could we do it if everyone here at home slept? While we send a handful out, where would the tanks come from? Where would the guns come from? Do you think those on the front line can do battle because everybody else sits b- back and does nothing? When we, as a church, live urgently, understanding that we are at war then we do not see what we're doing here as any less than what they're doing there. Do you understand this? That from start to finish, we're all in this together. Whether you're a missionary who will give their life for Christ in some hostile foreign field, or whether you're a person here who goes to the 9 to 5 and pays tithes faithfully. Whether we're a church here. And this is what I wonder. When we as a church think about why we're here and why we operate. Do we think like this? Do we think urgently for the cause of the kingdom of Christ? Or do we concern ourselves more with things that do not have long term and lasting effect? Do we live urgently? Are we casting off and putting on? As we should be. The gospel's calling us to wake up from sleep. To cast off the works of darkness. And put on the armor of light. Verse, th- verse 13. Let us walk properly as in the daytime. Do you know how you should be living today in the moment. Are you in the daytime now? Are you in the daytime? Not yet. Not yet. The night is far gone, believer. The night is far gone. We've been awakened, but but the day has yet to break for us. That daybreak is soon. We live that daybreak is soon. So that as we walk in the night, we do not walk as the people of the night, but children of light, so that those in darkness can see by the way that we live, who we are. And it testifies that a day is coming. A day is coming, and our lives should testify to this. How many of you needing to be at work at 5 o'clock wake up at 449 and don't live like right next door. You're going to be late. Right? What do you do instead? I know many of you get up. you drink you some coffee. You read the news. Maybe you check out what's going on on TV for a little bit. You're getting up way early. So that you're prepared when you go in. So that when you get in, you don't look like you've been asleep. You look like you've been awake for a little while. Walk. As though the day is here. What does the Scripture tell us? Let us walk properly as in the daytime. Walk properly now. Cast off. Put on. Look to Christ. Rest in Christ. Walk as children of light. Because you are. You are children of light. Walk in this way, so that those who do not yet know can see by the way that you live. The day is coming when we walk in this way. You're, when I get up, if I get up and I'm getting my clothes on and I'm getting ready, and my wife sees this going on, does she? Is he running to the store, right? Like what, what? What's he doing? It's like five something in the morning. Like she, like he must be going to get a cup of tea. Like it's what, what am I doing? I'm getting ready for work. Where am I going? To work. When we walk today as we will then, what are we telling them? We're getting ready. We're going somewhere. I've got an appointment to meet. That day is coming. And they will see and know because we live as children of light, We walk properly as though the day were already here so that they can see that it's coming. Not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. Oh, my, that this needs to be told to believers. Oh my. I'm going to read it again. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies, in case you were wondering, not in drunkenness, in case you were wondering, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. But, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you you see that as followers of Christ, we're imitators of Christ? That when we're told to put on Christ, that we're not being told to do something that we do not know what it looks like, and that we have not an example for. Do you understand that Christ has done the very thing that He's sending us out to do? Right? He has come when none other could. What was He? But when testifying to the light. And now He sends us out to testify of the light. When He lived, do you think He wasted a moment? Do you think He wasted a moment? Okay, so He was a carpenter, right? Right? Do you think that there was one nail nailed in vain? Do you think that there was any sparkle put up in vain? So did he waste his time? What am I getting at? What, what, what point are you trying to get across about nailing of nails? Is Christ himself lived perfectly as a child of light? Did not waste a moment of his life and lived it. And lived it. He was known as a carpenter. Right? So you don't have to go out from here trying to figure out, what do I have to do spectacular so that when you look at me, it looks like I'm living urgently. Live as children of light. Walk properly. If all you if all you were doing is just walking properly, trust me, you would have plenty of opportunities to stand out. If all you do is walk properly. If all you do is when you run into situations that you need to act correctly, even though it seems like you might catch the brunt of something, and you just live rightly, you're going to stand out. So to do this, do not think that I'm telling you that you have to quit your job and go into some foreign mission. Now that may be the case. For some, God may call in that way. For many of you, you're going to be nailing nails, spackling walls, If I think you spackle walls. right? I'm not a carpenter. <laughs> Writing code. right? Checking people out. At the store. You're going to be living your life. But you're going to be living your life in such a way. As the way you're living your life. Seems like there's something urgent. About what you're doing. Everything seems like it's important to you. There's no place wasted. No breath wasted. No effort wasted. Everything that you do. You're doing for Christ. For the glory of Christ. You're living urgently because you know they need him. You don't live urgently just for your own sake that you don't look bad when you stand before him. What a what a weak gospel if all I was telling you to do is it's going to look bad when you stand before him if you're not doing something, right? What I want to tell you is instead is that you've been called to war and you will win souls. In this effort, you will win souls. If I had time, I would step through each and every one of you and look you in the eyes and tell you, you will win souls in this war. Put on the armor of light. You have been called to this. You've been called to this. This is serious, it's urgent. Lives are on the line. My goodness, when I think of the comparison of the life wasted as we look through the book of Ecclesiastes, life wasted on things and stuff and pleasures of this world that are fading and fleeting. And then I think, like, God's called me. God's called me. God's called us to make a lasting and eternal difference in his plan. How much more significant does that seem, guys? Like, like when I think on that, I'm like, that's a big deal. I'm not going to take that lightly. I'm going to put all that I have in this. I want to cast off the works of darkness. I want to put on the armor of light. I want to put on Christ so that when you see me, you see Him in everything that I do. I want to live urgently. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires we need to put off the things that hinder us we need to put on the armor of light we need to put on Christ we need to live and walk in such a way is that they see Christ in us church are you awake are you awake have you been awakened by the gospel have you Are you living urgently? Will you? Need I beg you to the altar tonight, church? Need I beg you? How about instead I beg God that He would change us? Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for your gospel. I thank you for the hope that we find in your gospel. I thank you for the time that you've allowed me and the teaching through this Book of Romans, I thank you, um, Lord, for who you are. Um, God, that this gospel would take root in us. Lord, that you would transform us. Lord, that we would live for their sakes faithfully to you. Lord, let us not just be a comfortable people in our salvation. Let us not just be a people that say, well, I've got it. I believe. That's enough. Lord, let your gospel drive deeper still. Lord, that it would always be on our thoughts and in our minds that the life we live today is significant. That you've placed us sovereignly in time and space. Because you are wise. God, how crazy is that? How empowering is that to know? Thank you for who you are. Lord, do your thing as you have, as you are, as you always will do. It's in Christ's name for his glory.